Hello, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the Relate Podcast. This is where we get curious about the way we relate to ourselves, God, and others. I'm your host, Casey Sunstead, and I'm so glad you're here for this special Father's Day episode. I've invited some amazing dads to join our conversation. Now, clearly, I'm not a dad, so I'm going to be doing a lot more listening and question asking than normal so we can hear the stories and experiences of these amazing dads. Okay, Relate Podcast listeners, allow me to introduce you to Dave Dummett, Tracy Stingley, and Stain. Hi, guys. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's uh, Month, everybody. It's great. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Day. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You get one day. One day. So happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us. And Stain, um, I've always wanted to just have one name, you know, like Beyonce, Sting, Prince. So I just wanted to like, congrats on making that happen. You are very welcome. Simplicity, right? <laughs> Make stuff easy. Exactly, exactly. One name. It's real helpful. Okay, yeah. so um, for our listeners, tell us, what do we need to know to know who you guys are? And specifically, because we're talking Father's Day, tell us, who are you a father to? So, Stain, why don't we start with you? So, I am a dad to a three-year-old called Everly and a three-month-old called Cora. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you call it three months or 16 weeks, but <laughs> somewhere in between there. Um, Stain, how many weeks old are you? I have no idea. <laughs> A lot. Like, when do we stop doing that? <laughs> yeah. Love it. How about you, Tracy? Well, uh, I am Tracy. I'm husband to Matrice, uh, and I am dad to six in one any second now. So, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> it's so exciting. Number seven is coming. Yes. That's an awesome father's ticket for you. Yes. I'm excited about seeing her and holding her and kissing mm. her and getting her away from everybody else. Um, so yes. <laughs> She's going to be well loved <laughs> in that family. Yes. Okay. And Dave, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Tracy's got seven kids. I'm feeling pretty inadequate right now. I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> He wins. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got four kids. I've got Grace, and uh, she's 20. And um, I've got Luke is 18. And then I've got two boys that are 14, Alex and Joe. Uh, but Grace was 19 when we entered into quarantine. So I quarantined with four teenagers, uh, which means uh, I'm support group at Willow uh, for <laughs> – Quarantine with teenagers. <laughs> Maybe you do deserve a month of Father's Day. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Maybe you do. Whoa, that's awesome. Well, again, thanks you guys for joining us. It's good to hear who you're you're a dad to. And we have a wide range. We have some teenagers and we have babies that are currently coming and on their way. So we have the whole gamut represented here. So thanks for chiming in. And really, we're not just talking about Father's Day, but we're talking about a topic that is near to a lot of dad's hearts. We're just, we want to talk about fostering deep relationships with our kids. It's the Relate podcast. We're talking about relating with our kids. And if you guys are anything like me, the experience of becoming a parent and what I had in my mind about what that would be like 
are a little bit different. So I'd love to just start off by hearing, share one thing that comes to mind that surprised you about fatherhood. Maybe there was something that was harder or just different than what you expected. I am amazed that these kids, uh, they pop on, on the scene. And as much as we tried to, you know, Rachel did a great job of having them on a schedule when they were little. And as they get older, you know, trying to relate to them. It, it's amazing how they don't like to do everything on a schedule like I do. You know, <laughs> I, I would schedule quality time you know, between 8.30 and 8.45. And these kids, you know, and so I would sit down and say, okay, we got 15 minutes. Tell me your deepest, darkest uh, secrets. And dad can coach you and give you all the answers. And, uh, you know, these kids, they don't just, they don't, it doesn't always happen according to their schedule, uh, my schedule. And uh, I found out that quality time, is really, really important, but quantity time is really, really important too. Mm-hmm. to let the, let the important things bubble up uh, over time. Kind of sounds like you were sitting them down for some, some wisdom, some sage, some Yoda time, and they were like, I'm, I'm, over, I'm busy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. For me, um, I think it's the, the constant, if I can mm-hmm. call it that. We always think... Growing up, I didn't have a dad that was constantly in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. It was so having two little girls and a wife, they're there all the time, uh, <laughs> which, you know, is it could be bad or it could be good. And the good <laughs> side of that is it reminds me of how, how God is with us all mm-hmm. the time. When he says, I am with you, he means I am with you. The same as with your kids and your family is with you all the time. So. So having that is, is the, almost the surprising piece of uh, being a dad. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Stane. Like you knew that they'd be there, but the way that it feels probably is what's surprising to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it's so true what you said about, um, I, I heard you share that you are learning about God by being a father. And I think that's mm-hmm. so true about parenthood, right? Like we get a whole yep. new glimpse of who God is and how he relates to us. So I like staying, um, didn't have the best relationship with my dad. Like he was there, but wasn't always present. Um, and he struggled with some uh, addictions um, and abuse in that regard. Um, and so for most of my life, my greatest aspirations were one, I want to take care of my mother. And two, I want to be the best dad that I could possibly be. Yeah. Um, and so again, since as long as I can remember, those were my highest aspirations and goals. Um, what I didn't quite take into consideration was, uh, that co-parenting and like you're Oof. merging lives and merging stories and cultures and heritage. And so, uh, for me, I always tell people, I feel like God blessed me with the best children in the world. Um, they, they're the best. I love them. Um, I love my babies, but learning, uh, my wife's background and uh, her family culture and things of that nature mm-hmm. took me 10 years to figure out how to do this marriage thing. Right. And so like, that's a huge part of the parenting thing for me is us learning how to love one another and love our babies. Well, yeah. And children sniff it out. Like, like <laughs> if there's any <laughs> the, uh, difference, like, Oh, they play off of that. Like oh, I <laughs> asked mommy this, but daddy said, no, you know? And so, yeah. 
Okay, so as we talk about expectations, I think a lot of what surprises us as parents, or at least for me, is the way our kids end up being so different than we are. They think differently, they like different things, they maybe go to, at a different pace than we're used to. Dave talked about that. So you guys, can you give us a glimpse into what this might look like in your family? Do you have a kid that's really different than you are? Tell us about that, like how are they different? My little three-year-old is a extrovert, 100%. She does not wanna do anything alone. <laughs> uh, when she sits down, she says she invites you to play with her in the most compelling way, if I can say it like that. Mm. She does not. She will just get that little face and say, hey, I don't want to do this alone. Do this with me. I'm, on the other hand, is an, I'm an introvert. So I need some alone time and I want to do things by myself. Yeah. So having to learn how to balance that and almost come to the table charged instead of trying to recharge myself while I'm with my family is really important. I cannot just show up and say, okay, I'm here. And then my mind is in 10 different places. So, because mm-hmm. I know she's going to want my attention 100%. So Dave, Tracy, what about you guys? My wife and I, although we're very different in some ways, one of the ways that we're the same is that we're both firstborns, both sort of that, you know, uh, achievement oriented. And uh, we've got a kid that is the most laid back, you know, just kind of just relationally oriented, just wants to have a good time, uh, just has a real hard time ticking through a list of chores or paying attention to anything more than about a half a second. And so it's, it's been a, um, I don't want to say a challenge, but it it has been a real learning opportunity for the two of us as parents to to understand that, that you know God made this kid uniquely and and you know in a very special way and that there are pros and cons to that you know there are some things where uh, you know Rachel and I uh, we have to lament sometimes our achievement orientedness uh, and learn to slow down and think well this kid doesn't need to learn to slow down like he can teach other people how to slow down so for us to really just value the unique way God created and and really try and build into that and see that as a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. I show my ignorance, I think, when I talk about this because I really was surprised. I think I knew in my head my kids would be different from me, but I really was surprised how they, they really are their own people. Mm-hmm. And when that shows up, I love getting to be a student of who these kids are that God has given us. And it sounds like that's the same for you guys. They're, you're, the difference in your kids is teaching you how, to, how you can live your life differently or see things differently. Yeah, uh, I'll say for me, I've noticed mostly the similarities of my children with myself, even all the way down to, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was a child, uh, and I was the only boy, um, I had two older sisters, and so that setup was just, I was doomed. I was bound to be like the mischievous, spoiled little boy. Um, and so I did a lot of mischievous things, like uh, going down to the basement of my parents' house, I wrote on the wall, and my family called me TJ. I wrote, TJ did this. I have no idea why I took a crayon and wrote on the wall, 
TJ did this. You were asking for it. I was asking for it. I don't know what that was about. But fast forward (laughs) uh, 20 something years later and my namesake wrote in the tub. Tracy did this. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Gosh, like he has no idea that I did that. He has no idea that this happened. And so for me, like uh, seeing those like mm. similarities and seeing that play out, um, it and staying, I believe you mentioned this, so Casey, how it's kind of like your relationship with the Father God. Like you see that in how you parent and your children. And so, uh, like so many times, I would go to say something to address them. And feel like God is saying, like, okay, remember you're saying that because I said that to you or I'm saying that <laughs> to you now. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I appreciate the, the difference um, that I see within my children, but I also appreciate the, the similarities and how it shows me how God is still fathering me, even as mm. I'm parenting them. Yeah. Yeah, parenthood is the ultimate mirror that gets held up, right? Yes. Sometimes we do not like what we see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I love hearing from you dads. Um, It's so evident that you guys see your kids really clearly and that that doesn't just happen. That takes a lot of intentionality to um, kind of study our kids from day one and, and start to see their personalities coming through and so tell me as you've learned about who your kids are how does that change how you interact with them as you've gathered more data and Dave you've got even a 20 year old now as you learned about who your kids are and how they're different than you tell us give us some advice for other dads how does that influence the way you parent well I tell you you know I think you have to enter into their world uh, as much as you can, especially as they get older, you know, do they love basketball? Then you figure out how to get a basketball hoop out in your yard and, and just go shoot hoops with them. Uh, do they like video games? Then hang out in their bedroom while they're playing video games. Um, you know, what is it that they're interested in and they're excited about and join them in that because it's in their world that they feel most comfortable opening up. Mm. talking about the real things that they're thinking and feeling. And that I think has been um, the place where we've had the best conversations, you know, has been in their world doing their thing. Um, It's been helpful. Absolutely. That's such a good uh, word for us, Dave. And I remember my son is, 14 now. I remember when he was probably 10, he was really into Pokemon. Oh, that was, that was a painful season for my husband and I, we had to listen to so many stories about Pokemon. We would put him in bed and be like, thank you. We don't have to talk about Pokemon, but we were, we were convinced that if we listened to Pokemon, he would continue to tell us the important stuff later on. So I see that's a good word. Uh, my little three-year-old has the gift of communication. She loves communicating and she mm-hmm. does it with her whole soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've learned from her is I cannot just try and listen to what she has to say because her vocabulary as a three-year-old is not great yet. So I have to turn and focus on her so that she can show me with her body what she's trying to say. Um, and I wonder sometimes if... 
um, if Jesus just wants us to just turn to him and so that he can show us. Not that I'm saying that his vocabulary is bad, but <laughs> he just wants to show us his love instead of mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep telling us, um, you know, how much he loves us. So, yeah, just that. That's amazing. Thanks, Dean. Somewhat along what Dave was saying, um, uh, getting in their world. So yesterday, the children were going outside, and my oldest, he eat, sleep, breathe basketball. Mm-hmm. And so he was on his way outside playing basketball. And I, I honestly didn't even see what he had on, but his mother, uh, my wife, she had said something about it. And, and I guess he had his shorts rolled up or whatever it was. And so when he stepped out, I just said to her, I said, we have to be careful to like distinguish between principle and preference um, because the reality is like if we want to teach them a principle or a value, we can teach them that. But to just uh, suppress or to condemn their preference or their style, we could be missing the mark. And so um, like entering into his world, she said, well, like his shorts were so short. I said, that's how they wore them in the 60s. (laughs) <laughs> like, so, like we can't like uh, condemn the style because they're growing up in a different world in a different time from yeah. us. And so their sense of preference and their style is just going to be different. And so we have to be willing to, even as the parents or the superiors, so we think, like we have to be willing to humble ourselves and enter into their world um, and allow them the space to uh, freely express, you know? Yeah. And again, if there's a principle to be learned, then let's make sure we teach them the right values, but not uh, uh, judge their style preference. Yeah, sorry, Tracy, I'm writing this down. That's so good. <laughs> principle, no, preference and principle, right? Is that yes. So that's that. That's a framework for me. So thank you. That's good stuff. And it actually helps me to think through this next where I want our conversation to go. We've been talking about the differences in each of our kids, but one of the things we can also give some thought to as parents, and like you guys had said, co-parenting potentially, is what is that? What are some of our family values? How does our family look different than other families? And not to say like, I'm not talking like, what's right and what's wrong. I'm talking, what does your family look like compared to other families? And so if I was going to hang out with your families, dads, what would I see emerging as some of the values in your family? Have you given this thought of you like talked it through and named your values or have they kind of just come forward? It really depends on where you're interacting with my family. So if we're uh, at church, for example, you will see my children, like, for the most part, <laughs> well-behaved, sitting down, paying attention. Um, I'm here to testify that is true. <laughs> I have seen your kids at church, and they are, like, really well-behaved. <laughs> I was amazed. And so in that setting, uh, discipline is a high value. Hmm. Um, and there are so many other layers to that that we could unpack. Um, whereas my children are growing up as uh, little brown and black children and the way that they would be uh, addressed or approached or viewed in a public setting, it's a different dynamic for them than uh, my friends, little white children that get to run and do and destroy whatever. And so, uh, and so I, I'm not going to go into all of that, but 
in that setting, you see them uh, being very disciplined. If you come to my house, it's a very different story. <laughs> um, where you literally the other night, I walked out of my room and there were blankets across the entire upper level loft, and from their bedroom to the, it was just, it was crazy because they built an entire tent of the <laughs> upstairs level, and they had it coming out of the door down to the downstairs. Wow! Um, and it's so, a serious blanket uh, for it. and so in this setting it's be free and just be um but in other settings it's it's really disciplined yeah well thanks for naming that reality for us and sharing your experience yes ma'am you know the value of family itself is pretty evident in our family uh so i think our kids see Mm -hmm. that friends actually come and go uh, a, a lot of times. I mean, a lot of the times you think, man, these are going to be my friends forever and that sort of thing. But man, family is forever. It, it really is. And so I think our kids are seeing that and really family around with Jesus at the core, Jesus at the center. Uh, I think our kids are seeing uh, a value that we've tried to intentionally instill in them is to be uh, risk takers, leaders, uh, think big like there's there's nothing they couldn't do you know Mm, yeah Uh, when they say hey we we wonder about maybe maybe what if someday god did this we look at them and say yeah you could do that Mm. um and so consequently i've got a daughter who she's traveled the world she's 20 years old and she's been in spain and honduras and rome and uh i mean she spent a semester in spain and her mother and i I, you know, she'd just call us up and, and be like, hey, I'm in Rome. And we're like, what? You know, but she, <laughs> she thinks globally. She really does. And um, and I love that about her. Her sense of adventure is just so great. And I've got another son that, uh, you know, politics has never been a huge passion of mine, but he wants to be the president. I mean, he. Oh, my gosh. Big. I mean, he's just like, I've, I've got to make changes. I've got to do this. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing about, it's just the, these kids are, are just going, there's, there's nothing they don't feel like they can't do. And I, and That's I, amazing. I love that, you know? Mm. So I, hopefully that sort of risk-taking, big thinking, big dreamers um, is a value. That's really inspiring. That's really cool. Thanks, Dave. I think, Dave, you, uh, you named the one uh, family and just being together. Um, I remember growing up, uh, we would have dinners around the TV. You know, we would sit with our food in our lap and you would zone in on that little TV screen and that was dinner. And that's how you got your, to learn communication and where you got all your information from. We did not grow up sitting around a table and, you know, enjoying family as being part of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got married to a girl who their whole thing was sitting around a table for hours having conversation after lunch to the point where (laughs) her youngest brother would like slip away under the table (laughs) and after a while they would go where's Luke when did he get away Um, and I've had that tension between do I want the one that I grew up in or do I want this one that's so consuming um, and so rich in many ways 
so in many ways that has become our one of our biggest values is to do family together um, we moved into a house right across the street from my from my uh, parents in law um, just because i 'm from South Africa and my parents aren 't here we we try and be intentional in living close to family um, at least one side of the family yeah. um, and then within all of that is to be present uh, in this day and age you know it 's so easy to just be on your phone and be away from uh, reality um, so when we 're home, we try and be home. Uh, you know, be with one another instead of being on a on a phone or on you know talking to someone else, um, but be with our kids. Mm. Thanks, Stane. You remind me too of um, the way I'd love to just wrap up this conversation. One last thing I'd love to hear from you guys is um, seeing you mention being with our kids, and <laughs> in this last season of <laughs> stay at home and COVID. Um, that's one thing that we're experiencing, at least in my family, we're together a lot. And so can you guys share with us um, one thing that one good thing that's come from this season that you've learned or that you um, maybe it's a habit that you've started that you want to continue even after who knows what's coming. But once we have more freedoms and once maybe we're going back to work or we're, we're not as physically in the same room with our family as much. I'll go, you know, we've had, we've always tried to prioritize uh, family dinner uh, as, as much as possible. And um, COVID has made that a whole lot easier. Um, but I have been really um, pleasantly surprised at the level of conversation that our kids have engaged in. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it has to do with, uh, you know, our kids are a little older and yeah. home from college, they've been exposed to different ideas and, um, you know, and then of course it doesn't hurt that so many things are going on in our country right now. So we have, and so we have, we have three biological kids and then we have one adopted kid. He's African American. So the conversations that we've had around our table each night have been, so um, enriching and challenging and like just watching kids engage with some real issues uh, has been so it is, it's been so surprising. Um, and I think that's one thing that we want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, the other night sort of felt like, you know, we didn't no nothing was emerging uh, naturally. And so, you know, I'm a little bit of an instigator, a little bit of trouble anyway. So I said, Hey guys, I got a question for tonight. If you saw, uh, let's say you, in future, you know, you've got, uh, some money to invest. Would you ever invest in a marijuana dispensary? And I tell you, they're like, is this a trick question? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Are we getting in trouble for this? <laughs> right, or right. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, that our kid, we came from Michigan. It was, you know, recreationally legal in Michigan. And, and then you've got some kids that are thinking through the lens of, okay, financial stewardship. Others are thinking, what does God say? Others mm -hmm. are thinking, you know, like, is it sin? Is it not? It was the most intriguing conversation. I'm just sitting back going, I can't believe they're engaging at this level. And mm -hmm. so I think our family wants to, to keep talking. <laughs> you know, just keep talking because it was yeah. really great. 
I love that you started this conversation saying, I joined my kids and what they were interested in, and I listened to them talk about it, right? And now I think you're seeing the fruit of that, that they're able to engage and that they're, they're going deep in those conversations. So that's, that's really cool. That's what I, what I call goals. That's goals for, for the Sunsteads over here. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm not real thrilled with the fact that I'm the old guy on this podcast. <laughs> Whatever perspective we can bring. <laughs> I should have invited hey. a grandpa. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for, for me, you know, having a three-year-old and both Chrissy and I both work, uh, we rely a lot on someone else to teach our kids, especially Everly, like, who is Jesus? How do you relate to your neighbor? How do you play with your friends and all mm-hmm. of those things? So, so in this season, we have become those teachers. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. Like they're supposed to learn from us instead of you know, learning from someone else. So if that's probably the gift that I would take uh, from this season is just I've become the teacher and the parent and the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it should be. In so many ways, this has been like the worst season ever yeah. from uh, the virus to the, uh, to the riots and other things. Um, in so many ways, this has been the worst season ever. Uh, but then I was just sitting up one night. It's like, wait, this has been like the best time ever from the perspective of I will probably never get this much time with them again like from work to them getting older and friends and outgrowing us and not wanting to be around us i'm not looking forward to being at dave's place where they're 20 and things of that nature um but like this is probably the most time which again makes it for me the best time ever and so uh i just I want to make the most out of that. I want to savor that. I want to take that with me for the rest of my life. Um, Just making time. I'll say this too. Uh, I realized something a while ago that I don't get to choose the memories that they have. Um, I don't get to choose 30 years from now, which memory sticks, but I do get to make memories with them and I do get to have moments with them. And so I think Dave said it earlier, but like, I just got to make sure that more moments, there are more memories, more memories, more memories, more moments, because I don't want them 30 years from now, the, the most uh, present memory that they have is a hurtful memory or a memory of me making a wrong decision. And so again, like this time is precious and priceless and yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, this has been such a um, pleasure for me to get to hear from you guys about what's important to you and what you see in your kids and how you parent. Um, It's not just an amazing conversation to encourage and inspire dads, but I think every parent can get a lot from this conversation. So thanks so much for sharing your experience with us and your heart with us and and your families with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Thank you. I hope this conversation helped you discover some new ways that you relate to yourself, God, or your kids. And here on the Relate Podcast, we even take that a step further and invite you to share about what you learned from this conversation with someone else. 
So get on a Zoom call or socially distance with a friend and, um, and discuss what you learned or gained from this conversation. We've got some discussion questions for you to consider, and then you can use them for a helpful conversation with a friend or a fellow dad. Question one, what's one thing that has surprised you about parenthood? How does it differ from the picture you had before you became a dad? Question two, who are you and who are your kids? How does knowing who your kids are inform or influence how you parent them? Question three, what are some of your core family values? When you look at your calendar, or maybe last year's calendar, does your schedule represent these values? If so, how can you continue this? And if not, what do you want to adjust in the future? And question four, when you reflect on this current season, what are some of the new ways you've connected with your kids? How can you carry on these new ways of connecting even after we're not home as much? Well, dads, we wish you a very happy Father's Day. If you're interested in more resources on how to celebrate Father's Day, or even how to work through all of your feelings, celebratory or maybe not, we invite you to visit willowcreek.org slash Father's Day. There you'll find both ideas as well as helpful tools to process Father's Day well. And for those of you interested in learning more about the ways you relate to yourself, God, and others, we invite you to check out our other seasons of the Relate podcast. You can find a guide to the seasons at willowcreek.org slash relate. It'll help you pick a good place for you or your group to begin. And I hope you join us for our next season, releasing in a week, where we'll get curious about how to respond when we're left with some feelings of disappointment or sadness when our regular scheduled life takes a turn and invites transitions and adjustments. Join us and get curious about your story.